What's up? How you doing? This week on our plate, is PlayStation's plan to compete with Xbox X Cloud game streaming? We'll find out. Could we get a Daredevil DLC coming to Marvel Spider-Man 2? We'll find out. Could we see a tease for God of War DLC later this year? Maybe at the Game Awards? Maybe not. Surprise, surprise. IGN got another review wrong. This time, it's Call of Duty Modern Warfare 3. We'll talk about that. Then Overwatch 2 confirms its next hero with a trailer. All this and more in Season 7, Episode 43 of Press X Start Gamers Digest. What's up, everyone? I'm your host, DJ, a.k.a. Sex a.k.a. The other person in the internet who has actually beat the campaign to Modern Warfare 3. I am joined by Sean. M.F. Ross. I don't know why I said your name. <laughs> it just feels good. It has a, it has a good mouthfeel. What do you mean by that? Right. Who doesn't want to say my name? Hmm? <laughs> what does the MF stand for? Uh, I'm leaving my part-time girl Haley to go back to Aloy. Oh, oh, oh! Yeah, I get it. I get it. Yeah, Haley's probably a little better though. Who is that third person there? Who are you, third person? Yo, yo, yo! What is up? What is <laughs> up? Uh, it's your boy Cameron, aka the dad who left to get cigarettes <laughs> and decided to come back. <laughs> <laughs> came back Welcome with a job support check. <laughs> I'm all out of money and I'm all out of smokes. <laughs> What's up, everybody? <laughs> uh, yeah, for all those who don't know, Cam is actually one half of the founders of this podcast that we have continued to uh, push forward in their absence. <laughs> So yeah, glad to have you back. <laughs> Hopefully it'll be more than just one time because as we talked before. Oh no, he's doing his farewell tour. All right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be like, oh, <laughs> <man>. <laughs> right. that meme. <laughs> All right. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, okay. So uh now you know who we are. Press X Start Gamers Digest is a video podcast and getting us the most important gaming news from this past week into an hour-long meal just for you. You person there who's watching us or listening to us. Uh we are live on YouTube every Sunday at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Yes, 5 p.m. Because we mailed we nailed it. Technically, we did because it is daylight savings or receding time, whatever it is. So, you know. <laughs> Don't forget, you can support us by liking the video, subscribing Yo, to the channel, and the notification bell. <laughs> <laughs> Same script as always. Um, if you are listening, we're John, you're the only videos. son I'm proud of. <laughs> <laughs> DJ, I was like, ahead. this actually might be Cam's last uh, show. <laughs> But yes, uh, if you are listening, we greatly appreciate you leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts or the podcast services you are tuned in on. And if you want to join our conversations, you can by joining our Discord at pressxnumber2start.com slash Discord. Let's do it. We have a good time. We actually talked about um, Across the Spider-Verse because that came out on Netflix. And 
I, along with a couple other people, were able to watch it and we talked about it. So if you want to join our conversation on that, you can by joining our Discord. Do it. Do it. All right. Now that we got that all out the way, man, I am I am warm. Like I am just like, I'm like you having hot flashes. Now. No, my wife left the heater on. Oh, okay. I mean it's twenty twenty three. You know, if you get the hot flashes, it's okay. I shouldn't. I'm not that we, old. We yet, accept you. Sean. That's not what I meant, but okay. <laughs> All right. Let's get the gaming news. Number one. <laughs> PlayStation is acquiring video delivery AI firm iSize. This comes from VGC by way of Andy Robinson. So iSize specializes in deep learning for video delivery. Its technology allows company to reduce the amount of data required to stream video games and increase visual quality of video streaming content using AI. The company also has its own live photorealist, photorealistic generative 2D slash 3D avatar technology, according to its website. The acquisition provides SIE with significant expertise in applying machine learning to video processing, which will benefit a range of R&D efforts as well as our video and streaming services, says SIE Future Technology Group, SVP. Oh, Jesus. It's a name. Yuli? Yuli Galizzi. Yuli Galizzi. There you go. What Sean said, he nailed it. Um, I'm going to scroll <laughs> down just a little bit. SIE Interactive CEO Jim Ryan said PlayStation was gearing up to reveal aggressive plans in future cloud and future no in the cloud gaming space. More recently, SEO. Uh, more recently, Sony CEO Kuten Kenichiro. As yeah, much Yoshida. anime as you watch, you can... Bro, bro. Hey, man, these names are still difficult, okay? Unless it's Naruto or Goku, it's still difficult. <laughs> I bet you say Sasuke, don't you? <laughs> Goddamn American. Go ahead. What you mean? <laughs> Naruto. <laughs> but, um, yeah, uh, Yoshida said technical issues remain with cloud-based gaming, calling the technology very tricky, but a challenge we want to take on. So what all this means is that what it looks like is PlayStation. So, OK. About a year or so ago, maybe a year or two ago, there was news that PlayStation was partnering with Microsoft's Azure network. Mm -hmm. And the idea was like, oh, they're going to use that technology to do like cloud streaming and stuff. I'm guessing it, it seems like that didn't really bear any fruit. So it seems like they are switching over to this eye size and they are just bringing it all in-house essentially, which I guess kind of makes sense because it is kind of weird to use your competitor's technology for stuff that you're going to compete with your competitors. Uh, not really. No. Well, um, we haven't had yeah, any work that they stopped doing that. You know what I mean? True, they didn't, yeah. But I mean, this... This seems kind of weird that they would buy this stuff and then also use it. Oh, I guess if they're using that for the infrastructure. I mean, you, you uh, only have but so many choices. It's either Microsoft Azure or Amazon Web Services. Google has some point. shit, but I mean, and they're not as big as AWS and Microsoft. They've been doing it far longer. So, I mean, yeah. But it, the reason why it would feel weird is if you think about like the arguments that would be made about, was it uh, Microsoft's acquisition of Blizzard and... Yeah from the european side where they were talking about microsoft having this niche like spot and streaming and so then it's kind of like 
Sony's been like fighting against it and on on both fronts, the U.S. front and then the uh, the overseas international front. And then to say, all right, cool, we're gonna line up with their technology. It it, it just it does feel weird. And then it's like, man, here's my thing with Sony. It's like they need to pick when it comes to like Sony games on lock. When it comes to Sony product and acquisitions, it doesn't like they have a clear strategy, right? Like, um. And so I, I, my concern here is that Sony is dipping into another thing. It's like, are they going to actually support it? Because we have PS, uh, what is it, PS Now, where it, it isn't very clear about what Sony's direction is around that. And they've been doing that for a minute. Um, and so my concern here is like, is Sony stepping its toe into another acquisition, another product offering without a clear plan on how they're going to support it going forward? Well, I mean, PS Now evolved or changed into the PlayStation Plus they kind of lumped all that together. The streaming thing. So yeah. I actually wonder if, like, since Cam brought up PS Now, I wonder if this is just going to possibly either um, boost up or replace the the back end stuff of PS Now, because this is essentially would be doing what PS Now is doing. It's for game streaming, but it's using AI, and mm-hmm. it's so okay. So there's actually a quote here that I wanted to read, but I forgot the right. For example, the company built an AI-based perceptual pre-processing solution that allows conventional third-party encoders to produce high-quality video at a significant lower bit rate. So what that mumbo-jumbo means is that they're <laughs> essentially doing um, de- almost a deal. <laughs> um, what is it called? The, the NVIDIA coding that allows you to produce Eight or four K re- visuals with only like a ten eighty signal. Yeah, yeah. So they're essentially doing that. So it seems like that would be a good way to make the the, the actual streaming that's happening in PS Now better if they are going to use this for PS Now. But you know, of course, I'm wondering if they're going to do like a. Uh, I feel like it's almost inevit- inevitable that they're going to do some type of firmware update or software update to allow the PlayStation Portal to do streaming. They just don't feel it is uh, reliable enough yet to allow for that. Yeah, I can imagine them saying, I can imagine them internally thinking, okay, we're going to release the uh, cloud streaming for the premium. We'll see how that does. If that is, if it's beneficial for us, then we will also invest in moving that streaming technology or activating that streaming technology for the portal and making it work there as well. And that way that could also increase people wanting to go premium. So mm. we'll see. We'll see. All right. Uh, number two, Daredevil pays rent, skewering Marvel's Spider-Man 2 DLC theory. This comes from Push Square by way of Kyle Adams. So what happened here is that <clears throat> there was an interview on, I believe this actually happened on IGN's um, podcast, Beyond. They had the director from Marvel Spider-Man 2 on, and they were talking about stuff. And then they brought up the fact that one of the players found a sign that was supposed to be where um, Murdoch's, Daredevil's like attorney firm law was firm. supposed to be, law firm, yeah. But the actual sign mm-hmm. was missing. So the, the director was like, oh, interesting. That's a good catch. That's a really good catch. 
And he kind of played it off in a way of like, did we do this on purpose? Maybe. Maybe this could mean something. And then uh, some time passed and that sign actually reappeared. So it's a thing of, was that intentional? Was that a mistake? And they just kind of played it off in a like fun way. We don't really know. It's very possible that this could be a subtle clue to potential DLC. You don't think so? Man, Cam? As lucky as that game was, <laughs> no. <laughs> he had the same issues. Great game, but that thing was oh, buggy as oh, hell. Okay. Yeah, okay, okay. So, yeah, we're still going to do a review for Spider-Man 2. It's just, you know, things things um, just happen. Life gets in the way, you know? Life gets in the way. But um, and events happen. Um, <laughs> yeah, I would say, if, if anything, it, it, it's going to be... Um, if anything, my, my theory is Spider-Man 2 DLC has to do with um, one of the characters that they teased at the end, or we're going to get mm-hmm. more Venom. Or his yeah, counterpart. I, yeah, I mean, I think yeah, I think it's very possible that that can happen and we can also get Daredevil stuff at the same time, because the if you look at the, if you look at the past Spider-Man DLC, I think there was three of them and they kind of Mm-hmm. I think I'm not sure if all of them focused on Black Cat, but I think the first one did for sure. So it first is. One did, and I think the other one was like Tombstone, and then went okay. back to uh, Yuri, which is how we got raised. Gotcha, gotcha, mm-hmm. gotcha. So it is it's very possible that they they could do something like that, and then that could give them enough space to work on a like Miles Morales kind of DLC thing. I can imagine that could possibly be like a Venom thing that gives you more to do, or it could be another character that they they tease at the end. We don't know, but I think but this with is interesting. Gameplay things that they did in that game, I, I I don't see how you couldn't get more venom. Oh yeah, absolutely. I, I totally agree that we're going to get venom, more venom in the future in some let's way. Say, let's form. save this for the review cast. I got a lot of thoughts. Yes. The only other thing that I want to bring sorry. up about this story is that we also have to look at this. You can't look at this in a vacuum. We also have to look at the whole. Um, uh, Puerto Rican flag mishap that happened with the Spider-Man 2 game where they had the wrong flag and it's very possible that this was also Puerto just a, a mistake that was not caught. So we'll see. We'll see. Hopefully soon. And, and, in a game we'll this large, oversights will happen. So, yeah. Exactly. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So, number three. God of War Ragnarok DLC to be announced this year, reports claim. This comes from insider gaming by way of tom henderson all right so according to the outlet the news comes from source close to sony that claims that the dlc could come in its own standalone game somewhat similar to spider-man miles morales the report outlines its the report outlines that its source the sources are unclear on how the dlc will be announced but theorize that all signs point to an announcement this at this year's game awards the Game Awards would be live on December 7th, 2023. We don't care about that one. So yeah, that's pretty <laughs> much where the rumor ends at this. And do I want to believe this rumor? Absolutely. Absolutely. Does it make sense? I think if we get yeah. the DLC in the first half of 2024, it does make sense in terms of how much time they've had between this and God of War Ragnarok. It's like, yeah, it makes sense in terms of how 
they ended God of War Ragnarok and the little threads they left, like they could go in a couple of different directions. Um, and I think it would be, <laughs> it would be really good for Sony to have something for us to look forward to next year because we don't really know their slate. I mean, we got Final Fantasy VII Rebirth, but... Helldivers? You mean you're not, like, on point for that? Yeah, yeah, Helldivers. Uh... We got Helldivers to look forward to. <laughs> Y'all think this might be... Oh, no, okay, it says it. Uh, it might be announced at the Game Awards. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. so I think... Uh, I, I think... Oh, go ahead, go ahead, Cameron. No, I was going to say, like... Uh, it... It it feels real. I mean, considering again what Sony has on deck for twenty twenty four, I feel like they they need something. So I totally agree. I totally agree. And there was also rumors that there was probably going to be a state of play for you know sometime before the end of the year. And I think if this rumor holds true, of course, there's not going to be a state of play. Like it doesn't. I mean, we've been sense. saying this for three months now that there's going to be another state of play. So. Exactly. Yeah, and I think honestly, I don't think that rumor necessarily came from Sony. I think it just came from um, us uh, fanboys were being dissatisfied with how they did that showcase, and so yeah. we're all like, "No, there needs to be a showcase. Redeem yeah, yourself." Yeah, yeah. You know. Or Very true. Players. Very true. So yeah, yeah. So we'll see. Well, I mean, you know, if this rumor holds true, we don't have to wait that much longer, which is a positive, and you know. Game Awards should be pretty exciting. Should be pretty exciting. I don't know anything, but it should be pretty exciting. So we'll see. Uh, number four. Overwatch 2 Next Hero is Mauga? Mm, I feel like I'm pronouncing that wrong. The game's first Samoan hero. Uh, this comes from IGN. Well, this is, I guess this just came from BlizzCon 2023. Uh, this comes about, this comes to us by way of Wesley Yingpool. I'm going to pull up the trailer so we can just watch it. Give me a hot, a hot, hot second. Hot, 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 hot second. Uh, Cameron, did you play Overwatch? Uh, yes, but I did not play Overwatch too. I mean, if you played Overwatch, you played Overwatch too. I mean, yeah. I mean, <laughs> that's true. That's really true. But what I mean by that is, like, I have no idea what, like, they were like, oh, it's going to be, they were teasing Overwatch 2. I, I, I just stopped paying attention. And then all of yeah, her is yeah, nothing yeah. good. I mean, they didn't. But yeah, no, we definitely, we definitely play some Overwatch, especially on this podcast. Mm hmm. Yeah, so this character, as you see, he is wielding two Gatling guns. Um, he has an ability to dash through uh, force fields, dash through shields, and then he can also um, essentially cage people in and kill them at range with them not being able to escape. So he seems really overpowered, and I think... This kind of is in line with how uh, Blizzard releases their characters. They usually drop and they're like really, really strong. And then they like balance them later on. And I feel like that is a tactic to get people in to play the game because there's like, yeah. oh, this character's really cool. Or like get them to buy the character, however that transaction works in that game now. I think 
He looks cool. I think he looks interesting. He reminds me of what's that guy? Jamalter. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, he yeah, 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 he does. Uh, was Maui, right? I don't know. I haven't From seen one. Uh, you haven't seen it? What do I look like? Okay, yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, <laughs> yeah, and I was gonna say, you do remind me of Gibraltar as well, though. Gibraltar is cooler, though. Oh, oh excuse me, okay. yeah. So, like, I, I saw the, the shield that he proves that he made, I was like, oh, that's that's very familiar. So yeah, he he looks pretty cool. Um, I don't have much experience with Overwatch. This isn't going to get me to download Overwatch too, even though I have a nice two um, terabyte space card in my PS5 now. So I got the space, guys. I got it. Thanks to Sean, I have the space. I actually redownloaded Genshin Impact because I got rid of that. I was like, I don't. Uh-huh. What you got a, a, a SSD? Mm-hmm. What you bought an SD card? Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> you got you got one of floppy disks? PlayStation? <laughs> God damn it, Cameron. There was a sale now. I'm gonna send you the link, Cameron. You got one of them binary Thank punch you. cards. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. But yeah, um I, I think he looks cool though. I think I that's one thing that I'll give up to to Blizzard's team. They know how to make characters, and all the characters just look cool. And he just yeah. follows that same like he looks really cool. So more power to them. <clears throat> all right, before we get into Dragon's Dogma, kind of confusing one of the, the uh, game directors. Yeah. Hey, you. How you doing? You doing good? Good. Do us a favor. Like the video. We need your help. Okay. Your likes will keep us afloat for 2024. Why did I say 2024? Because so we're taking over oh. like cash money for the 2-3 and the 2-4. All, all our listeners, <laughs> all our dozens of listeners. Will, yeah. <laughs> right? All dozens of you. <laughs> With your support, we'll become even more of dozens. Yeah, whatever. I failed that. Anyways, um... If you are listening to this and you just missed looking at our faces, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or podcast services you are currently tuned in on. Um, I told you like the video. I told you subscribe to the channel. I told you hit the notification bell. I told you leave a review. Yeah, I think I told you everything. All that's left also, is to cool. slap your mama. Whoa, wait a minute. Uh, number five, Dragon's Dogma 2 does not have scripted events. But one incident with a troll in a village was almost enough to fool the game's director. This comes from Games Radar by way of Dustin Bailey. <clears throat> so this is actually just kind of a, a funny little thing that happened that makes me just even more excited for this game. Dragon's Dogma 2 is starting to sound more and more like the kind of emergent sandbox I'm going to fall in love with. In Edge Magazine issue 391, director Hideki Itsuno Nailed it. Tells the story of an unfortunate encounter with a cave troll that left his pawn companions dying in a hold on. There we go. In a field. Itsuno simply turned away and ran. I was just running away for lack of anything better to do, but it kept following me. I didn't know how I was gonna survive, Itsuno said. Itsuno ultimately dove into a nearby village, hoping to lose the troll in the chaos of the panicking of the panicking villagers. But the villagers didn't panic. Instead, just like the playable hero can do, 
They started clambering up the creature's side and eventually overwhelming it with pure, <laughs> purely with numbers and determination. You know, came to the wrong neighborhood. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> what the fuck that type of village you thought this was. <laughs> right. It felt like a scripted event. The Dragon's Dogball 2 doesn't have scripted events, Itsuno said. There are no visible flags or triggers that cause certain events to occur. Everything that happened that day happened dramatically because of the game's rules and systems interacting with one another. That sounds so cool. What are you going to say again? I'm very, I'm very oh. mixed about this. Who me? Okay. No, no. Yes. No, no. You're, you're good. You're good. Yes, I, 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 I can understand I why very, you're mixed about this. Very but mixed go ahead, about. Go. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I'm not. Don't get me wrong. The story in Dra- Dragon's Dragma was like mid at best, right? Yes. And all the stuff yeah. that I loved about it is the emerging gameplay and all that. But then, what is the draw to get back into this world? You know what I'm saying? Because the whole point mm-hmm. was like, you don't have a heart, you gotta fight the dragon and and all this other stuff. Um, and so like what is, how they're gonna actually have a story? Um, because for example, like I, I think people look at Breath of the Wild or Zelda as like the king of emergent gameplay and all this yes. stuff. Yeah. Uh, but there's still like some type of narrative event or there's scripted events that kind of tie everything together. Yeah. So mm-hmm. how are they gonna do that? Like and so, in my opinion, Dragon, 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 Dragon's Dogma <laughs> isn't the most strong, isn't the strongest story to kind of do this with. You know what I mean? Well, um, I think when they say they don't have scripted events, that's not to say that they don't still have cutscenes and story. Just no scripted events. Once you cross this border, this thing is going to happen. Other right. than maybe triggering a boss battle or some shit. But right. there's no big set pieces that they want you to see other than you walk into the ring, all right, let's box, you know, type shit. Yeah, so I, I definitely think, like, that's what they're trying to say with this because I, every time I think of Dragon's Dogma, I think of my first encounter with the red yeah. dragon that's just sleeping in the, in, the, in, the, in the trees or whatever. And it's just like, you see it from afar, you're just like, what is that? And you get close, you're like, Oh, that's a dragon. And you realize that's a big ass dragon. <laughs> and then you just have to figure out like, okay, well, I got to get across it. So can I stealth around it? Do I try to fight it? And you end up like figuring out what you're going to do. But that also, and I think this is the one thing that is the linchpin for games that we talk about for a long time. You end up creating your own water cooler moments because Whatever mm-hmm. you realize, whatever you figure out to do to get past it or to beat it or even to die in a funny way, like that becomes a story that you tell the people to like tell them about this game that you're playing. And I think for them, for example, what we just read is like hilarious. And like to to actually think of like, okay, I need to get away from this guy. I'm gonna go into these into this village and just sacrifice this whole village for me to get away. Really? And it's like, yeah, right. And like it turns out the village is like, no, we we got we got things to do tonight, so this thing has to die. And they all like <laughs> they all team up to take this 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 uh troll down. It's just like that's hilarious. So, and I I because like this year I have made it a point to play like the bigger games to kind of get a, a better sense of like you know the game of the year and so on and so forth. But like playing 
Tears of the Kingdom, and I didn't play Breath of the Wild because I just didn't enjoy it, but I like Tears of the Kingdom. And I think the whole nature of create your own adventure is really alluring. I think it's really cool when it's done right. And I think it's possible that Capcom can get it right with Dragon's Dogma 2. But at the same time, that requires a lot of skill, a lot of um, testing and all that stuff to get it right. So it is very possible that this could be like, oh, this is cool. And then you realize like, eh, that was actually the only cool thing that happened in the entire game. So we don't really know, but like, this sounds really cool. And I <laughs> hope that this is a thing that happens more and more with the game. Cause funny. yeah. Cause I like, got the, I think the last thing they showed was the Griffin fight. And I think, yeah. I think, I think it was IGN that they, they were showing stuff and like, the person jumped on the griffin and the griffin just took off and the person was just flying across the stage with this like fighting this griffin it's just like this is insane and then the person has to get down somehow so how is he going to do that if he makes it to the ground like that's going to be a story to tell so i think they are setting up these things to create these moments that's not necessarily scripted but it's going to be fun either way to play so we'll see yeah Let's see. Well, I, I I'm already. It's a day one for me. Uh, yeah. So I I just I'm like uh, okay, but right. it's a day one for me. So it don't matter. Yeah. Yeah. I just I I I, I think the plans for this to come out next year. I hope it does come out next year. So we'll see. We'll see. Number six. All quests in Final Fantasy VII Rebirth has two versions because the devs wanted to include story details from the original JRPG. This comes, this comes from Games Radar by way of Annie Marie Osler. Nailed it. Um, so, essentially, uh, the, the director is talking about this and he says, During the journey, Cloud and his companions visit Cosmo Canyon, the birthplace of Red X3, Red X9. But is it mm. whatever? Red X or red red thirteen? Is it thirteen? Okay. Dog. So I, go. Dog. Hey man. Hey man. Candy I, I never in private school. I mean public school. <laughs> he was left behind. George was left behind. <laughs> the only reason why I got that wrong is because uh, I was hearing people talk about it, and like apparently it's not red thirteen. It's like red some like red X. It's basically I, I, pronounced I, I, differently. Yeah. I don't know. But yeah, anyway, that, that red dog thing. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Here it's revealed that Red 13's real name is Nanaki. And through the events that transpire, he learns the truth about his father, who, until now, he believed to be a coward who abandoned his tribe. His mindset <laughs> changes as a result, and so does his dialogue. Because of this, the developer has included two different versions Yo. of the game's quest. What? <laughs> so yeah because of this the developers include two different versions of the game's quest one of the player one for the players who have witnessed his transformation at cosmo canyon and one for those who hasn't okay so uh, as uh, i'm gonna be honest i'll be honest this is not anything amazing this is just rpg stuff like 
it, it's basically it is. Oh my god, what happened? I mean, considering game? the production value going into this game versus the original, this is kind of a big deal as far as how much dialogue and stuff they have to do. Yeah, I it it. I think it's a yeah, it's a it's a big deal for looking at like Final Fantasy VII versus Final Fantasy VII Rebirth, but I think looking at an RPG in 2023 or i guess 2024 when it's drops it's like yeah it's kind of expected to do like especially with Baldur gate 3 yeah. dropping and that like setting the bar for like what rp how rpg should feel in terms of you're making decisions so on and so forth and it's just uh, like all right i'd say Baldur's gate is a different beast yes it is setting a new bar but that's just dungeons and dragons and it has been doing that in tabletop yeah. form. It's just now getting to video game form. Like, but essentially, our all what RPGs I would say is different here. Which, which, what I, yeah. But what I would say what makes this a little bit different here is because the whole controversy behind remake was the fact that it was taking some things that were core about Final Fantasy VII and like flipping it on its head, and so like to kind of have. Whatever they're doing with Red, Red's character, um, you know, I think that's where maybe it feels he like even say 13. or like pushing the envelope. <laughs> well, because I don't know if he's thirteen or Red X three. Like, you know, I don't, I, I, I don't want to get his name wrong, right? You know, I don't want to <laughs> get his name wrong. You don't want um, dead because, name. for example, if you look at the if you look at the trailers, they they're kind of alluding to the fact that what that Tifa is going to be the new Aerith. You know what I'm saying, mm-hmm. like. And so I, I think that's where they're pushing the envelope by saying we've already subverted your expectations as far as what way the story that seven should go. So like, you know, here's the branching paths on this one character's story. So like, you know, I I, I think that's new for Square. I don't necessarily think that's yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I think you're right on that. I, I think that's where I'm just like, okay. This is cool for you guys, but like at the same time, it's like good job with catching up to like kind of in- industry standards when it comes to stuff like this. So it's like cool. But I think there is something to be said with the production of this game, how big it's going to be, how amazing the game looks. So for them to put yeah. that kind of um, detail cool. and stuff into it is like overall just really, really good to hear. But yeah, it is a thing of like, okay, we'll see. We'll see how that turns out and how what that actually amounts to in the end. Yeah, and I'm I not think, looking for mm-hmm. them to do Baldur's Gate type shit in yeah. Final Fantasy VII, which already has an established story. Maybe Final Fantasy seventeen when we get there, but I, mm-hmm. nah. They're looking Final Fantasy, I think the experience is a tight story and whatever type of gameplay. So maybe, I don't know. Yeah. So we'll see. Let's see what happens. Number seven. RGG Studio says Like a Dragon Gaiden took six months to make. Just six months. This comes from VGC (laughs) by way of Tom Ivan. Like a Dragon Gaiden, the man who erased his name, took just six months to develop, according to RGG Studio director Masayoshi Yokoyama. There we go. Nailed it. Uh, in an interview with Automation, he had he also said the studio once considered releasing the, it releasing it as DLC before deciding to flesh it out to come into its own game. 
The spinoff, which takes place between Yakuza 6 and 7, tells the story of Kazuma Kiri. Kiryu? 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 There we go. Who fakes his own death and disappears from public eye to protect his loved ones. So, oh yeah. Uh, it, it'll be released uh, again. It'll be released next, next uh, oh, this week. Before Call of Duty, yeah. Yeah. Oh, shoot. That's Oh, okay. Yeah. That's good. That's good. So it also include a demo for Like a Dragon Infinite Wealth, which is coming to the same platforms in January 2024. <clears throat> so yeah, overall, this is cool. I think the most important thing is that this apparently just took six months to develop, which is insane. I mean, uh, it sounds like the assets are already there for the most part because they've been mm-hmm. using um, the same damn city. I can, the, the name escapes me right now. Granted, this is in... Um, uh, Infinite Wealth is in Hawaii, but I mean, they've been using mm. uh, the same city for the past every game. True. And, uh, That's, a good point. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah, I mean, so all the assets are there, and after reading that about the way that they work, they have a fairly small team compared to other big-name studios, mm-hmm. and one person works on basically one aspect, and they slot it into each game oh, and just skin it accordingly. So yeah. they build the shits modular and then just record their voice lines and change which buildings you can enter from game to game. But for the most part, all the little mini games and mechanics, they just kind of slot in as needed. Yeah, that's interesting. That's Thank really you cool. for that on, on the boots reporting, on the ground reporting. So. <laughs> on the boots? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, <laughs> that sounds awesome. And then um, this is it published by Sega, right? Yes. Uh, yeah. So, you know, they got to they gotta get something now after losing all that money on hyenas, so. <laughs> Wait, that, that got canceled, didn't it? <laughs> yes, it did. Yes, it, it did. Apparently, it was their most expensive they do game. Not have, got canceled. <laughs> uh, well, they do not have infinite wealth. Well, <laughs> people are in love with uh, Like a Dragon after Marcus do the thing. Game Pass. <laughs> And uh, <laughs> after it was put on Game Pass and um, PlayStation Plus, it gained a huge North American following. So mm-hmm. this will make them some money. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, Cam, have you 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 you're into Yakuza? Um, I tried to play. I didn't like it, but I did play Like a Dragon, and I did yeah. like it. But then the game was so long. Um, yeah. And I fell off because something else came out at the same time that I was playing mm-hmm. it when it came out on um, PlayStation Plus. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I was like, oh, well, I'll get back to it. And I never did. Never but I like the fact that it, it literally, because it's like regular folk like me trying to be an RPG and like they broke and they got any a job. So, you know, I kind of <laughs> like that. Right. Mm. <laughs> okay, cool, cool, cool. Um, yeah, so when this comes out, I, I'm going... I need to beat I need to beat Baldur's Gate 3. I need to beat Baldur's Gate 3. And with this coming out and I guess the full release of Modern Warfare 3 next week, it's like I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try to get this. But I also need to beat Final Fantasy 16 too. You still haven't beaten it? Amazing. I no. I have not beaten that. I, I, I moved to like Armor Core or something, but yeah. Oh um, yeah. Did you beat that? Yeah, so yeah, absolutely. What? I wouldn't be able to talk if I did if I didn't beat it. What? Literally, the hounds of hell would grab me and send me to. 
<laughs> I was going to say, boy, as much as you sacrifice for that game. Exactly. <laughs> DJ actually had two spoils. children. Right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we had to get new carpet for the base because of the uh... <laughs> sacrifice. <laughs> I had that alchemy circle up on the ground. <laughs> Edward. <laughs> I'm sorry. Hey, it worked. Yeah. Yeah, it was worth it. Uh, number yeah. eight Silent Hill Ascension's microtransaction sparks major backlash among fans. This comes from IGN by way of Taylor Lies. Silent Hill Ascension, an interactive streaming series that premiered on Halloween, has Silent Hill fans up in arms after being hit with an unexpected microtransaction. With microtransaction. Um, while the series, a group-based choose-your-own-adventure, is free to experience, it does include microtransactions, including the $20 Founders Pack. This, this feature, oh, this features the season pass uh, access to all the in-game puzzles and some in-game cosmetics, such as an exclusive emotes. You can give it a look in the image below. I don't care about the image below. Silent Hill fans took to Twitter slash X and Reddit to express their frustrations with Ascension complain that there is something of a pay-to-win issue here. The framework of Ascension is voting as a group of a group in real time to determine what happens next, as Polygon reports through viewers spending what are called influencer points, or IP, to sway the decisions. You can pay real money to obtain the digital currency, and the more IP you have, the more you can sway the decisions. Uh, terrible. Who put this out? Uh, like, dog, it's a free-to-play game. What do you expect? That's not like being mad that water is wet. Like, <laughs> like it's a free-to-play game. People got to keep the lights on. You did, you know, like, every free-to-play game has microtransactions. This is 2023. Like, why are we upset about it? Like, that, it's not like that part you, is true. Bought a 60, you bought a $60 experience, and you fundamentally can't play the game the way it's played because they're paying for it. No, it's a free-to-play right. game. Uh, I just think people are upset that they didn't, they weren't upfront with this because they just said, you know, you vote on what happens, and then I think okay. they were they were just blindsided last minute. Cam, yeah, it's like I... real life. Some votes matter more than others. <laughs> <laughs> he said it. <laughs> I mean, this is like you getting back to the hotel with a girl you met at the bar, Cam, and she like. Just starts discussing prices, and you're just like, "Damn, I thought you liked me." <laughs> and that's the blind side that they got here. The typical issue with bringing women back from bars. <laughs> oh man, yeah. So, um, yeah, man, what you want? What you want? <laughs> the game is free to play. Name any free to play game that does not have a microtransaction. Uh, like you're the not, only one I can think wrong. of is so. What is it? Path to Exile? And even then it has microtransactions, but it, whatever. Like, what do you want? What do you want? You didn't pay for so, the game. What, like, so here, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. With all this being said and how terrible this is, we still have to support this game because our man Marcus is in this Yeah, that's what I was just about to ask you. Right, we have, it, it don't, it don't fact, matter how we, much you charge. Why didn't you tell us? This <laughs> is the greatest game ever. Right, game of the year. Oh, <laughs> oh speaking of which, it's, look, it's almost Christmas time. Make sure we uh, we got to plug Marcus's Christmas movie too. Oh my god! Oh, I do so. <laughs> I have done so. I have done so in the Discord. If y'all are in the Discord, 
Hey, look at that. There you go. Shout out to my man. So Richie. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I, it it kind of is what it is. Like as Cam said, like this is a free to play game, so they're gonna have to make their money back somehow. I think the I think the rough point of this is that this is just a new type of way to pull money out of the people, mm-hmm. and it's just like oh, they're these people get to use their influencer points, and they can pay for that, and they can influence decisions more than other people. But it's just like all right like um okay i think uh, after looking at i think another i I gotta look at like this right no i was gonna say you gotta look at like this too right so like a lot of people a lot of folks that worked on worked on the game come from like telltale studios right and so they've already went through their whole thing where they thought they were supported they've lost a job telltale tries to come back it doesn't come back as successful so then this is them like you know coming together pulling the resources to do it again and they're giving you an experience which is in their wheelhouse, but they're not charging you for it. Like, guys, how do you think they're going to make, how do you think, like, these people are going to feed their family if they're not charging for $70 or a $60 experience? Mm-hmm. The beatings will continue until morale improves. <laughs> I mean, or take or take it up with the, with the publisher. Like, the publisher, Silent Hill is Konami, right? Yeah. So y- your beef is with Konami. It's above. It's above the developers. It's above the folks who work. It- it's with Konami. Like that's a publisher decision. And in that, what are you gonna say, Sean? I'm just looking at the comments, and they were saying that the episode was trash. Though the story was bad, oh. animation looked ugly, <laughs> QTEs was like like. <laughs> They were paying for a subpar experience. I can see if they were at least paying for something good. <laughs> that is well, unfortunate. A... <laughs> well, oh, you know what? I bet you if they, I bet you if they didn't have to pay for their votes, it'd be, it, it would be a different story. Yeah. Well, I bet you they would not be as critical about it. Yeah, I'm gonna pull up this little uh, this trailer real quick for Silent Hill. Um, <laughs> Pretty much the the only other thing that I wanted to say with this is that um, this is Konami and Konami has been out of the games business for a long time. Like they they kind of do is microtransactions. Yeah, exactly. They reintroduce themselves with the Metal Gear collection. And that was not great. They're they're working on the snake eater stuff. So hopefully that's better. <laughs> How could it be like this? In the Snake Eater trailer, Snake is walking through the mud, right? Yes. He doesn't leave footprints in the mud. He doesn't because he's so such smooth a, with it. And it's such a big deal. One, because it happened in in the previous iterations of the game, right? But if you look at the trailer, there's Snake doesn't leave footprints. It's a big deal because one. It's 2024. People, sh- it, it, games should have that type of stuff. But it's a big deal. But in the context of Snake, because literally the patrol looks at the footprint and says, "Hey, whose is this?" and follow you. Uh, like, right? It's part of the gameplay. It even games. happened in Metal Gear Solid One on the PS One. Like, you flash in the water, yeah. the guard would hit the splash, look at the footprint, and follow you. Like, mm. yeah. So you're gonna yeah. do yeah, you're, you're Snake right. Eater, which is one of the like iconic games in the franchise, and and do it like that. Like yo, I mean, I will play it still because you know I like Snake. Yeah. And I kind of want to see what it's about, but still, I'm already concerned. I'm already concerned. And then that remake, yeah, pretty and sanitizing things to show off the new 4K graphics, but not what gave the game, you know, its soul or whatever. 
It's strong. Yeah, I mean, because it, it well, it's not even about the soul. It's just about if you're doing a, a stealth game and the PS3 version, the PS2 version showed footprints and you're doing the Unreal Engine 4, which is like the ultimate Five. engine at this point, mm. and you're showing some demonstration of gameplay, you're not doing like what? Footprints? Like, yo, it, it, it's like one of the core things about Snake Eater and Metal Gear Solid series. It, I, you know, who knows? Yeah. They're gonna probably fix it. But yeah, I'm we'll concerned. see. We'll see what happens. But yeah, like I, mm-hmm. I, I'm not, I'm not holding my breath because it's Konami. So that's kind of <laughs> where I'm at with that. But yeah, the last story of the day before we talk about the games we've been playing. Xbox's Phil Spencer hailed as goaded for reversing Microsoft's plan to take away its employees' free Game Pass subscription. Wild! How dare they? How dare Microsoft do that to the employees? So this comes to us by way of Games Radar. Microsoft employees have enjoyed free Game Pass subscriptions for years. The perk was about to be discontinued until Spencer stepped in. For years, Microsoft employees have enjoyed a perk that gave them free free subscription to Game Pass Ultimate. And that benefit was on track to be discontinued until Xbox boss uh, Phil Spencer stepped up and saved the day. Um, yeah, so the, the benefit for most of the, Jesus, 238,000 employees. Yeah. Let's see. What's that is, I'm, on, I'm on Xbox side. Nah, y- y- somebody got to pay something. <laughs> Yo, uh, I was like, wait, how many people? Uh, I thought it was like, you know, I thought it was like 200 folk. It was like 200,000. I was like, nah, dog. So I, I got the numbers. Assuming, discount. Uh, yeah, assuming everybody, and I highly doubt everybody, I'd say probably fifty percent, but let's say everybody used it. That's about forty-seven million dollars a year. Uh, they could use dra- that to buy uh, Activision. That's a drop. That's in the enough bucket. to get. That's enough to get uh, Grand Theft Auto on Game Pass, though. <laughs> right. I, nah, I don't think so. I think that's in the six. You're right. Uh, <laughs> Shoot, that is insane. That yeah, is no, so I'm many people. I'm on Xbox Live right there, dog. I'm like, yeah. no, you know, you can get a, a discount. Amen. I mean, considering how like... much uh, GTA Five made in the first seventy two hours, I don't mm. think Microsoft would want to pay that. I don't know. I don't think y'all remember how much GTA Five made. Yeah. I don't know, but some I know uh, something yeah, obscene. Lot, yeah. But or for example, like I could see if it was like everyone who works at Xbox. The Xbox division under Microsoft gets free Game Pass, but like yeah. everybody who works at Microsoft in general, like yeah. no dog, like you don't, even, like nah. I bet maybe yeah. like fifty percent, forty to fifty percent of people actually use that shit because Microsoft. Not everybody there plays games. You know what? You know what? Yeah. I'll say this. I'll say because looking at this, so basically they were going to remove this benefit um, in January, and. Honestly and truly, I I want to believe that since Microsoft got Activision Blizzard King, Phil was like, probably he probably talked to the head, uh, like the higher heads, like, no, we don't we don't need to do this. We're gonna get that money back in and more. So like we're good. And Microsoft was just like, all right, I mean, you got that deal for us, so we'll believe you. Well, Sarah uh, Bond did, but yeah. Oh yeah, you're right. Oh, you're right. You're right. You're right. Yeah. Paying attention, of course, he's gonna take the curse like that, <laughs> right? <laughs> Um, yeah, GTA Five made uh one billion in three days. So Microsoft Jesus, ain't trying to man. pay that just to get it on Game Pass. Nah, Jesus. 
Jeez, man. man I, I don't know what number they could come to them with. <laughs> they do to just be like, all right, we'll put it on game. Nah. <laughs> right. <laughs> there got to be some stupid money. Oh, my gosh. All right. So, yeah. So, that's pretty much it for the game. Or not the game we're playing. For the news that happened this week. Now, let's talk about the games we've been playing. Sean, you have played a couple of games. Tell us. Ugh. <laughs> so I finally played the finals beta. <laughs> How do you enjoy it, John? Your... <laughs> nah, I know I say try everything, and I don't often regret playing games. <laughs> so oh, I play a lot of free-to-play games, right? This mm-hmm. game, I believe, is going to be free-to-play, but it felt mm-hmm. like a free-to-play game. Yeah. Yep. And not in a good way. It just something fell off. And I don't know if it's the two decades of playing Call of Duty, Battlefield, Apex, like all them other games. This shit just felt off. Like like DJ said, you had to kind of go into a mini menu to throw a grenade. Um the the momentum that, well, wasn't I thought, I, I thought the finals was done by ex um Battlefield uh developers, right? Um, I mean, it's so it, it's it's similar to res- how respawn is to uh, Infinity War. So it was Battlefield gotcha. directors that left, made their own team, and they made this game. Yeah, like it right. still baffles my mind that they decided it was a good idea to lock the grenade you throw behind a menu, and it's just like, how did you think that was okay? Like. When you're in the heat of combat, you have to go through a menu for a grenade. Like, that's so dumb. I don't think they want so you dumb. throwing these grenades in the heat of combat, which is fine. But I, I think uh, them getting funding and saying, yeah, we used to work at a, you know, on Battlefield, did a lot of heavy lifting for them. Absolutely. Because... Absolutely. <laughs> but uh, again, nice? like, yeah. <laughs> my, my story about, so, Cam, because you, you weren't here um, last cast. I played I played the the finals beta and pretty much the only thing that was appealing to me was the fact that the environments are destructible um, to the point where I got into a fight with a person in a stairwell. And by the time we were finished the fight, the stairwell had like one stair left. Like we just completely demolished <laughs> the stairwell because I was shooting the person. I was like, oh, fuck, I'm just going to chuck grenades. So I'm here going through menu, chuck grenade, wait for it to reload, chuck grenade, chuck a grenade. So like I was blowing up the the stairwell or whatever, and it's like that was fun. But the fact that I had to go through the menu throw a grenade just kind of slowed down everything to the point where it's just like this is the At only no fun point part. In your is head like, was like, you know, let me stop going through these menus and just go run his fade with my with my gun in my hand, DJ. Yeah, and and the reason the reason why I resulted to the grenade is because to me I felt like the gunplay itself just wasn't. Subpar. Comparable to yeah to like mm-hmm. Call of Duty or even Apex like uh, as much as as much grief as I give Overwatch, Apex like Apex anything, the yeah. gunplay is still leagues better than this yeah and it's just like why are these decisions made but then again like at the same this time I kind shit of feel like a phone game yeah but like I I feel like because I don't play Battlefield yeah my sensibilities are different like because my my main game is Call of Duty. So I I wonder if like if Jordan were to play the finals, if he would have had a completely different experience because his game was Battlefield and these people are Battlefield people making this new game. So it is like, I don't know if it's just a me thing, because like 
even the streamers that I watch that play Call of Duty DMZ, they came from Battlefield and they jumped on the finals and they loved the finals. So it's just like, so maybe it is like if you have that Battlefield sensibility, it's like you will, you're more likely to enjoy this game. But it's also, it's also feels like a PC game that you can play with a controller. And like, that's the second part. I'm just like, I don't, I don't like this. I don't like anything about this. (laughs) So yeah. Um, Um, Yeah. What what else? What else you play? Past that, I just finally got time to get into Horizons uh, DLC, Burning Shores. Mm -hmm. Um, Obligatory F. Ted Farrow. Uh, (laughs) They have this new frog that's kicking my ass. Um, I just love seeing people's amazement at shit that Aloy is doing like she she does a thing I don't want to spoil it because for the Mm. people who haven't actually paid for you know Forbidden West but some of the things she does and then people see her interacting with the uh the machines in ways that most normal people in this world cannot it's just like god damn this shit's so cool I wish they I wish they not focused in on more of it but just added more of that you know yeah, amazement yeah. and wonder. But um, yeah. this is this has the same. It's not even an issue. It's just that it comes out so much longer after the main game, just like uh, the first game with Frozen Wilds, and it's just like, yeah. oh god, what do these buttons do? Oh no, exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that, so that I'm, was I'm that just, was. I'm just getting tossed around. Yeah, like that was my biggest issue. Like coming back, it was like. Man, I I love this world. I love Aloy. I love her new like not her campaign, but I love her conversations with the new person. And yeah. it's just like this is so cool. But like as Sean said, I, I barely know how to play this game anymore. Uh, it's just like <laughs> and the, and the fact that they start you where they start you is just like you have to know your shit or you are going to get bounced around. It's just like God damn it. <laughs> like, it also on. doesn't help that. Uh... <laughs> She has such a long recovery time now after getting knocked yes. around. Never, never have I felt so like, God, was... this game is old. When I went back to like playing Aloy in Forbidden West, it's just like, yo, get up, man. Come on. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> I mean, granted, to be fair, uh, yeah, <laughs> she's getting yeah. knocked, she's around, getting, by like, knocked around by like mechanical dinosaurs. Yeah. You know? <laughs> get, get up. up. Get up. Concussion. <laughs> Harassed by a T Rex. <laughs> My back. My back. like, oh shit. So I mean, it's realistic, but nah, I'm yeah, enjoying it. Yeah. Yeah. That's good though. That's awesome. All right. Um Cam, because you haven't been here in <laughs> literally ages. <laughs> what games have you played recently? <laughs> So uh, I've been all in on Baldur's Gate 3. I'm in the thick of Act 2. I put a pause on it to play Spider-Man. Um, and I told DJ mm. um, in a chat I was, or in a text, I was just like, I'm not going to play Spider-Man until the end of the year because I need to be focused on Baldur's Gate. But I just really craved a different um, gameplay um, uh, like feeling, you know, because yeah. versus uh, turn-based to real-time. And I really love Spider-Man. I really, really loved it. And then while Baldur's Gate was updated, I was like, let me hop back on Spider-Man Remastered. And, dog, let me tell you, 
Insomniac did their thing in this game because when you go back and play the first Spider-Man and then you go play the second one, you're like, they're leagues ahead. Yeah. Um, and so I did that for a bit, hopped back in the Baldur's Gate. This game is phenomenal. Like, I literally been laughing out loud at some of the writing, just yeah. the care, like everything that everybody says about the game is true. I'm only adding on to it, but I never played a game I've loved so much more in my life other than probably Metal Gear Solid Three. That's that's yeah. the highest praise for me. Yeah, yeah, like Baldur's Gate Three is like again. We're gonna we're gonna talk. About, we're gonna we're going to do a review on Spider Man Two. It's gonna happen. All right, it's gonna happen. All right. Yeah. But yeah, Baldur's Gate. Yo, I teared up in Spider Man too, though. I did. Like I did uh, a couple uh, times I teared up in that game. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. It, it's 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 good. It's good. It's a good game. But yeah, Baldur's yeah. Gate 3, like I I I don't know if there was a game that I've played in my past that I was like, man, this style of game I generally don't really have any interest in. These characters I don't know. I'm just gonna give this a shot. There's not really any black characters except for the one, but you know, whatever. And like jumping to this game, it's just like you, baby, you gotta make your own blackness. <laughs> hey, I, oh, I, oh, my character is black, <laughs> but it is the thing of just like, man, I love everything about this game. Like this, is, the choices yeah. I'm making actually make make sense. There, there's like things happening, and it's just like I didn't know that was gonna happen. Oh crap! And it's just like, who is this person? Oh, this person has a backstory. Oh shoot, what's happening here? I go into this, <laughs> this like basement area and i'm just looking around and i see there is a wall i was like oh i can break that wall let me break that wall see what happens you break the wall you go through the wall it's just a a whole cave structure and it's there's spiders in the cave and you're just like where am yeah. i and it's just like the the density of this game is mind-boggling from when you just start a map and you're just like well go talk to people and see what happens and then like an hour later, you're just in a place that's completely different from where you started. You don't really know what's going on. But at the same time, you're having so much fun just like figuring out stuff. And like yeah. the game does such a good job for making the world feel so, so big, but manageable at the same time. And it's just. This is like. No, I mean, everything you're saying, this is like my Zelda. So, like, the way that people mm -hmm. feel about Breath of the Wild and uh, Tears of the Kingdom is the. Is the way I feel about this game because it's like the dialogue does um, the same things that those folks say that whatever happens in Zelda happens there. From from that's the way I feel about it. Like, yeah, it's the only game where I've literally been like, you know what, I'm just going with the flow. Um, like any other time with an RPG, I'm literally like, no, I'm the master of my fate. You're gonna do yeah. it the way I want to do it. And <laughs> like literally, I'm like, oh, that didn't go the way I planned. I'm just that's just where I'm at now. We're, we're going blow. <laughs> yeah, like I was, I was. I mean, you know, it's it's been recorded on this podcast. I was a diehard stand for Tears of the Kingdom being Game of the Year. Like I saw stuff on Ball's Gate. I was like, all right, whatever. It's an RPG, but like everybody played Tears of the Kingdom. Like that that's gonna have the water cooler moments. That's gonna be the thing that everybody talks about. And then Ball's Gate three dropped, and I'm just like, oh shit, wait a minute, maybe I should give this a shot. And it's just like. God damn. Like this is just <laughs> amazing in every like from from fidelity to like character development mm -hmm. to choices you're making. I don't know about the ending. I mean, I will say that being in Act 3, you are you do you do feel a lot of the bugs 
I haven't had like any game breaking bugs, but I've had like weird like, oh, OK, like my menus don't really kind of work right now. That's that's a problem. And I really <laughs> the same. It, it's fine. Or like I, it, it, there's, there's even parts where like I just went to the pause menu, came back and it worked. And I was like, OK, that's fine. But it, it hasn't yeah. been enough to like detract from the experience that I'm having. So it's just like, hey, man, this is all fine. This is this is or I, I mean, I, I just I, I know we're wrapping up, but like the, the thing I like is it's the first It's also one of those games where literally how you feel about a character at the beginning of the game doesn't necessarily mean how you're going to feel about the character like as the game progresses. Um, and I've never had that with a game. Like usually I go in and say, oh, I like this character. And then I, I've already made up my mind. And then as the story progresses, I just find more reasons to like them or more reasons to dislike them, vice versa. And it's literally like, yeah. I don't like this character. And then later the game goes, on, I understand their motivations. I understand why they are where they are. Um, now, do I actually want to help them get to where they want to go? Do I want to rehabilitate them? Like it, it's phenomenal. Man, it like it's, it's just so good. It's so good. So yeah, we'll, we'll you know talk about more about that probably yeah. around game of the year discussion or something like that. But yeah, oh my God, um, yeah. so I'll just I'll just wrap up. As I said it, at the very start of this podcast, I apparently have been the only other place or the only other person to play Modern Warfare Three single player campaign. Um, so there's been just there's been just shit posting. There's been just review bombing <laughs> that's happening around this game because. As you know, well, if you don't know, Modern War this year's Modern Warfare Three is a reimagining of the uh, what, 2011 Modern Warfare Three or whatever mm-hmm. that happened in the past, and that game was beloved by a lot of people. So, because uh, Modern Warfare Three is happening again and it's not matching up to that, everyone is just upset. There's been a article put out about how apparently you can beat the game in three to four hours. I beat the game today. I beat it in about like two ish, two and a half, maybe like three sittings. And did you I die say, much at all? I died a couple of times, yeah. So I, I for me, it was probably around six just hours I mm-hmm. I played and I beat it. And looking at what I played, there's like 14 missions in total. Looking at what I played to beat it in three to four hours. You would have to, unless you're like, I mean, I guess if you're if you if you know the missions and stuff, you can run through them kinda. And if you're skipping the cutscenes, then maybe. But like, it's not that's three to four hours is not going to be the like normal, normal. circumstances for mm-hmm. beating that game. And it's it's one of those things where this this sort of happens a lot when it comes to Call of Duty, where before it releases. People like, oh, this game sucks. Oh, this is terrible. Oh, X, Y, and Z is, is trash or whatever. And it's just like, all right, obviously this is the vocal minority like added again because they're just butthurt for some reason. And it's just like canceled. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> As I said, I was like, I probably shouldn't use that anymore. <laughs> but it's just like it, it it's it's not even that it's annoying or it's just like, oh my God. But it's just like, ah, oh, this is kind of expected. And then on top of this, IGN gave the single player a four out of ten, which is Ugh. categorically bad. And it's just like I don't playing know why anybody's looking at IGN for scores at this point. <laughs> yes, and I think this. Uh, this is, let, uh, you remember what happened with Starfield? They definitely are. Well, that's the thing. I think for this year, this has been the linchpin for 
IGN just misses the mark with this stuff now because we have Starfield that gave a seven, I think. Um, Gamespot also gave it a seven as well. True, true. But I think I Gamespot think does just, a little. I don't, I don't think they're missing the mark. I think they're generating clicks and it's working. I. I want to believe that these people who are reviewing these kids, like uh, Simon Cardi was a person who reviewed uh, Modern Warfare 3. And I listened to the IGN UK podcast and he he is very much like a old school COD player. And he he really likes the old COD stuff. And it's just like, well, should you really be the person to review this? I don't know. That's a whole subjective thing. But like looking at looking at oh, Starfield. Boy, you sound like a real at, gamer right now. Who, me? Oh yeah, yeah. And give the review I want it, so it shouldn't, you shouldn't be giving reviews. See, I mean, that's the way it's I, think, I think that's that's the complicated side to it because it's just like, well, how do you determine a person who should review a certain game? Because do you do the person who really likes the game? Do you do the person who has no interest in the game? Like, where is that line drawn? But yeah, that's a different thing. Um, looking at this looking at IGN specifically they reviewed Loki they they reviewed the first five the first four episodes of Loki and gave it a five out of ten everyone was just like what the hell is that score about because that is not what we're watching and it makes no sense Starfield they gave it seven I think another game they gave a low score and I was like oh that's weird and then they give Call of Duty a four out of ten and it's just like this it's one of those things where it's just like they're reviews, and you're supposed to treat them like, well, this is just a person's review. But it's just like, I don't what? know, man. I'm on IGN side. Before it was like, oh, they, the, these people are paying you, so of course you don't give Call of Duty an eight. Remember, like all the crap, all the shit IGN got for yeah. years for reviewing stuff, and like they clearly are paying you. Why would you give them an eight? And why would you give it like they they can't win with y'all? They can't. No, they, they can't. can't. No, absolutely not. But I, that's kind of. I, I, I bet you Gamespot. <laughs> I bet you Gamespot's gonna give that that campaign probably a five or a six, and nobody's gonna say that no Gamespot. If if it's if it's to make uh, the more uh, if it's the more Hussein reviewing, yeah, it's gonna be a low score. But like my thing hey, is, they I did give it a five out of ten. They did. Okay. <laughs> who, 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 reviewed, reviewed, who reviewed it? Who reviewed it? Uh, Se Doster. I don't know. They, I don't they know. Who that is. Okay, never mind. Two days yeah, ago. I told you, it, 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 I'm telling you, the same thing happened with Dan Stapleton and, and Starfield. He gave it a seven, and them Starfield boys were in his comments fighting with that man night and day. GameSpot gave it a seven as well, and nobody said nothing. Not a peep. Well, then again, you, can't you, win you, also, you also got to realize that IGN and GameSpot are not on the, the equal plane in terms of their subscriber base and who actually goes to, to look at their stuff. So like that's also okay. a thing. I mean, I'm just saying. I'm just no, saying. No, no, no. How's it? I, how's I, it? What's, I, what's up with IGN and these and these ratings? And and literally, IGN and GameSpot are neck and neck on how they view in these games. Well, in the in this particular it's not the situation, score you like in, in this situation. No, it, of course. Like it's <laughs> the thing is, it's not the score that I like, but I think to rate it a four versus like a seven is uh-huh. a very different conversation. Like to rate something a four. That means that, that your game below average and unplayable. was was not running well. Like the the stuff didn't make any sense. Like you didn't enjoy anything. <laughs> it's just like that is a weird weird score to to do. But yeah, anyways, I played the game. I I'm, I'm not gonna really like spoil anything. I think the campaign that I played, I had a really good time with it. I think the I think this campaign does a really good job of respecting your time. So every mission you're doing, again, there's 14 missions. Every mission you're playing, 
there's at least one new or interesting thing that you're doing in that mission that you weren't really doing in the previous mission. You're still shooting and mm -hmm. killing people, you're ducking behind cover and stuff, but there's just added stuff to that that I think makes the experience, in my case, like a, a very like fun time. There was one mission in particular that I absolutely hated, and if the game ended after that mission, that would have been a fucking 4 out of 10 for me. But the way that mission ended <laughs> was like, holy shit. And I don't want to spoil anything for it because, you know, because the game's not technically out yet. But like, what they are doing with this campaign is what I wanted them to do with Modern Warfare 3 campaign based off of, I guess, what we saw with the zombie stuff. Like, that's mm -hmm. the only thing I'm going to say. And I think it's moving like closer and closer to what we know what modern warfare 3 is going to be which is zombie stuff and it is so cool the only thing is the way that they ended the campaign i think was very very impactful but it also was a little weird because we don't get a resolution so it it is kind of like a cliffhanger in a way of like Okay, so maybe we'll get more story stuff in the, not the, I guess the war zone or the, the zombie mode stuff. Well, we'll probably just get Modern Warfare 4 versus last time they went to Advanced Warfare and Infinite Warfare. Like, they're probably See, just I, banking on the Modern Warfare name. I guess, but I feel like, like, stuff happens that's just like, oh, yeah, yeah, this, this, this has to be wrapped up, like, now. So it's just like, <laughs> it, it seems kind of weird like they'd wait until Modern Warfare 4. But I think, based off of what we saw, we will probably get story stuff in the other modes. Which I feel is kind of weird because like, alright, well you're kind of making people play the other modes. But at the same time, that's kind of what Call of Duty want people to do is play the other modes. So we'll see what happens with that. But yeah, I... If I were to score this, I'd probably give it an eight out of ten. Like I, I think it was a really good <laughs> thing. Like this man said, give it. I'll give it double. I two IGNs. Hey, I mean, <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't know. Like I'm actually, I need to listen to the UK podcast because I'm pretty sure they're going to be talking about that, and I, I'm really interested to hear his take on it and why he gave it a four out of ten versus what I played. So that's going to be interesting. Next week, I'll talk about that, I guess, depending on whatever happens. So, yeah, that's it for us. That's it for the games we've been playing. That's it for the news we have been covering. Thank you, Cam, for coming back and <laughs> <laughs> delighting us with your commentary and thoughts on video games. Hopefully, this is not the last time and you will be back, especially for the Spider-Man. So we got to do that. Yeah, yeah I, I got to get in there. I, I, need, I need to get the Spider-Man out. <laughs> We gotta figure out how to pay uh, Cam or uh, how to get him to come back some more. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and again, thank you, Sean, for always being here uh, through thick or thin. Uh, unlike Cam, it's like, <laughs> 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 oh man, it's always a fun time. But yes, this has been another episode of Press X Star Gamers. I just we hope you enjoyed this episode as much as you enjoyed making it. Don't forget, you can rate. No, you can review. No, you can. What the hell can you do? You, you can cannot do like anything. this video. End this shit. <laughs> you can like this video. You can subscribe to the channel. You can notification. You can hit the notification bell. Then, if you are not watching and you are listening, you can leave us a review in Apple Podcasts or the podcast services you're currently tuned in on. It's a mouthful, but you can do that. Do it. 
And if you want, you can join our Discord by joining joining our Discord by going to pressxnumber2start.com slash Discord. Do it. It's always a lot, but I, I get there in the end. Um, yeah, you know, with that, you be safe, you take care, you have a good time, and you just play them video games because this year is a banger for video games. Not so much for keeping your job in the game industry, but it's a banger for video games. <laughs> Hell nah. Yeah. Yeah. So, take care.